0: From Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM.
1: Live from Cape Town is where we're broadcasting from. And a beautiful, beautiful day to you. I do hope that you're having a stunning day in the company of the Voice of the Cape. And we're broadcasting to you on 91.3 FM stereo. And uh, right across from me, squatting today for the first time in his life, is <laughs> a doctor from the heroes of Khurtiskiya, Dr. Joel Dave. He's the head at the Division of Endocrinology. Doctor,
0: good afternoon to you. Good afternoon and thank you for having me on your show.
1: Oh, it's our pleasure. We've been looking forward to chatting to you. Tell us a bit about Joel. Not the not the professor, not the doctor, nothing like that. The person.
0: Well, Joel was uh, grew up in Molnington in uh, the Cape. Okay. I've always lived in the Cape. Mm-hmm. Went to school in the Cape, studied in the Cape. Mm. Uh, I'm a family man. Uh, Enjoy running, running marathons okay. um, and enjoy living in Cape Town and South Africa
1: mm. so we we would be okay if we called you a capsoliti
0: definitely <laughs> yeah
1: right, so being a cap, why uh, medicine when you were growing up, do you particularly wanted to be a doctor? interesting.
0: I never ever considered anything oh. else it's, oh, okay. ever since I was a child, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, during primary school, high school, always yeah. wanted to be a doctor, started yes. medicine, enjoyed it, loved it. Um, it's dynamic, it's uh, intellectual, it's ever-changing okay. um, options for research. and You uh, make
1: it sound super exciting <laughs> too. It is. It's a, okay.
0: a, a, a great field to go into.
1: Is it? Alright, so when you, when you were starting out, um, what were you hoping to achieve?
0: Well ultimately I was hoping to be a good doctor and to be able to to look after patients, um, Mm. help patients Mm. uh, to the best of my ability and according to what uh, scientific literature says.
1: Okay. Did you like what was happening in and around your community as far as uh, illnesses are concerned?
0: Well um, when I was growing up. you know, the illnesses that uh, we were exposed to were essentially those of an upper-income type um, oh. family. Which her- was? Hypertension, high her blood pressure, oh, okay. diabetes, yeah. heart disease. So that's what I grew up, up with. We were protected from what was happening in um, other areas with TB. Ah, um, okay. only came, um, that only came to the fore when I entered medical school and actually finally realized mm-hmm. um, what other diseases are rife in our communities.
1: Okay. You uh, did all your studies in South Africa or
0: abroad? Yeah. All in Cape Town. All in all Cape, Cape Town. All at the University of Cape oh, Town. Oh my word, and
1: you're definitely a
0: capsulite. I have never, have never <laughs> left.
1: Alhamdulillah. <laughs> I'm so glad to have a doctor like this at Um I said one word. I said Alhamdulillah, which means all praise be to God. Because if he didn't place you here, you wouldn't now be the professor. At uh, the uh, Department of uh, or other division of okay. endocrinology. Alright we, that we leave for last. For yeah. now we're focusing just on you. Did you go straight to Grutuske when when you um, when you were qualified as a doctor?
0: So once I was qualified um, I did my internship at Grutuske. Okay. And then once I'd finished my internship I did one or two years at Grutuske and then um, went into the laboratory and did a PhD, oh. so I actually didn't do any clinical medicine for four or okay. five years. alright. Um, Why?
1: Why the laboratory?
0: Well, I wasn't at that stage, I wasn't sure where in medicine I wanted to go. I see. I went to one of my mentors, Professor Kirsch, and I mm-hmm. said, uh, so Prof, what now? Mm. And he said, Joel, you need to do a PhD. All so right. I took his advice, which yes. I think was very good advice in hindsight. And i went into the laboratory and did a a phd Mm. before i came back into clinical medicine
1: how long were you there
0: i was in the laboratory for about four years for for four years you didn't do anything
1: um, uh, with regards to treating patients and so on nothing nothing
0: in the laboratory to uh, working with tuberculosis
1: all right was that the field that you decided
0: to go into that was where the path led for funding for my phd
1: Okay, I want to come back to the funding story, but a yes. little bit later. Okay. Now, right now, we we we're not going to talk about money. Um, we we we're talking about you, right? Okay. So after four years, Joe is now a
0: a what? A professor, a doctor of of what? Well, there's some that will say now I'm a proper doctor because now I've got a PhD. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, the I'm, scientists I'm a, don't think the medics yeah. are
0: proper doctors Because okay. they don't have a PhD All so, right, so
1: now I'm a little bit uh, uh, worried You were treating people before that?
0: As an intern, yes
1: Okay, yes. so now you're a proper doctor <laughs> With, with a, a rubber stamp from, from which scientists. university? From the scientists, no <laughs> <laughs> Did it make you feel good Knowing that you're going to do something That will benefit mankind?
0: Yes, it did um, mm. And uh, look, well, our contribution is very small in the greater scheme of things, oh, right. um, but uh, yes, service to the community is one of the things that mm. was paramount on, on what I wanted to achieve. Mm.
1: Um, during those, those four years, uh, did you actually see any, any people that have uh, TB?
0: No. No, unfortunately my PhD was essentially just laboratory based. Okay. We grew the TB in the laboratory and we did yeah. experiments on, on the bug and itself, right. on the DNA okay. yeah. of, of the bacterium itself.
1: So when, when you were done, you could now go into that field? Or decide where else?
0: No, I'd still let you then decide if I was going to specialize, which I then decided to specialize in internal medicine, become mm. a physician. Okay. So then I started back at Schroderske Hospital. All
1: right. You love Schroderske, hey? I do, <laughs> I've never left. <laughs> that, that's what, that's what the point I'm trying to make, because you are one of the heroes of care. People tend to look at you and see a man who's dedicated, who's unselfish, who thinks of others and who wants to do the best for others, which makes you a hero.
0: Thank you. I mean, Cruduscare has many people in, Absolutely. In working there that are dedicated to serve, serving mm. the community, um, trying their best, mm. often under trying circumstances, to deliver yes. optimal health care. Yes. Uh, but because of
1: that, you being a hero, you are our dynamic personality for today. Thank you. So we're focusing on That's you. Sorry, you want to add no, something? It's, just, it's caught
0: me by, a little by surprise.
1: Why? <laughs> Um, you know, sometimes we need a little tap on the shoulder yes. to say some, something like, Joel, you did a good job. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Professor is here in studio with us and he's speaking about um, himself because it's, it's always when somebody invites you to speak on the radio, it's usually about what you do, not who you are. Yes. so we 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 want to move a little bit away from there we're going to come back to what you do we're not discounting what you're doing okay. but i I actually wanted to wanted to find out because you started out in t b but you ended up in endocrinology, which is um well it's not exactly close
0: well they they are there are some similarities okay um, and i'll I'll point those out now the 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 Ph.D. in tuberculosis was uh, where the opportunity lay for me oh, to okay. get a Ph.D. Yes, yes. Once I had finished that, I then had to decide um, in what area of medicine I was going to hmm. go, pursue, and I decided on internal medicine. That's what said, um, yes. And then once I would finished internal medicine, um, and I'm now a physician, I needed to decide whether I was going to stay as a general physician mm. or whether I was going to sub-specialize. Alright, how long did that take by the way? The to internal medicine was four years. Alright. And then once you decide to sub-specialize, you then decide of an, an, an area and you spend another mm. two years just in that area.
1: Oh my word, that's a lot of hard work, eh?
0: Yes, it's a long, it's a long process. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you
1: enjoyed it though because this is where, where your passion was.
0: I, I, I have enjoyed, um not going to say that there weren't moments where um, I, just, I contemplated possibly yeah. giving up, but oh uh, generally, um, overall, um, mm. I was very happy with what I was doing.
1: Alright, so endocrinology landed in your lap or you went looking for it?
0: A mixture of both
1: okay i sort of Grazie. went looking
0: for it but um at that moment in time there was a post available as well okay so the timing was um fortunate hmm. um and uh i was then lucky enough to get a senior registrar hmm. post um just when i finished um in endocrinology All right. often people have to wait one two three years for a post to become available
1: earlier i said a word that meant all praise be to God. Is that something that you believe in?
0: Yes, I think the timing was excellent. Perfect. Yeah. So
1: God is on your side. I hope so. <laughs> you don't hope so. You must believe so, sir. <laughs> Professor, let me let me just tell you this. You know, for people who think of others, the Almighty is always there to guide them. But if it's just about Joel and awesome. Joel and Joel, you're not going to get anywhere. Well, you might get somewhere, but pretty slowly. Unlike <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> if the if the Almighty was on your side, right? What do you enjoy about what you do? I, before we get to to how you got to be the head,
0: mostly I I enjoy interacting and looking after people. Mm. Um, uh, that's, that's the first thing. The okay. second thing, I enjoy uh, the academic process. Oh, okay. The answering of questions, the setting up of ideas, um, and research trying to find out uh, new ways and new ideas.
1: Okay. Um, I wish uh, the listeners could have a look at you. You're sitting in, in a little bit sideways, so the listeners are not seeing you. I want, to, I want them to see the passion in your eyes when you speak about what you do. You know, one can see that, that there's a love for, for, for what you do, you know, and at the end of the day, if we all just have that. Have the love for what you do then it makes things so much easier
0: helps a lot yeah.
1: yeah it does now diabetes has taken over the world and um i believe the the reason why god has placed you on this path is for you because of your dedication and your selflessness to to want to help others we are, um the one thing that is worrying me a lot is that our patients or those who suffer from diabetes are, are becoming younger and
0: younger Yes. did
1: you find that
0: definitely so generally um in the past yes uh, type 1 diabetes was essentially in the very young Mm-mm. and type 2 diabetes were in older people yeah very old um, yeah. yeah but uh, now type 2 diabetes is creeping younger and younger and mm-hmm. younger Um, And essentially it's because of our lifestyles and um, mainly determined by our our weight. Mm. So lifestyle and weight gain is a big problem that's putting people at risk of developing um, diabetes and especially type 2 diabetes at a younger age.
1: Mm Oh, what was the, the youngest person that, you, that you've ever treated? What age are we talking about?
0: Well, I'm in adult endocrinology, so we generally see people from about 15, 16, and older. But if you speak to Seriously? the pediatric endocrinologists, yes. they're seeing people with seven, eight, nine years of age coming in with obesity and type 2 diabetes. Oh, boy. That is alarming. Very.
1: So when the patient comes to you, let's say a 13 or 14 year old, what seemed to be the one thing that got them to where they are?
0: If it's type 2 diabetes, Mm -hmm. almost all of them are overweight. Okay. Almost all of them. Type 1 diabetes is a very different story. Um, That's mainly the body's immune system that is triggered to attack the pancreas. And to cause diabetes, mm. that's a very different mechanism. So you won't to find them overweight. Diabetes. Generally not. Right. Generally, they come in. They've been losing weight and they thin. Although mm. now there's a bit of a crossover between the two. But generally, oh, okay. by and large, type yeah. one diabetics are usually thin, yeah. and type two diabe- diabetics are usually overweight.
1: Mm. Our dining lifestyle has a lot to do with, uh, with, with our, our weight. I think at the end of the day, um, we live in such a fast food, everything is instant. You can pick up the phone, the food will be there instantly almost. So yeah. that plays a major role, right?
0: A, a, a huge role. Mm. Um, you know, we all have to learn to make the healthy choices. Yes. One can have eat out, one can have fast food. Yet make the healthy choice yes. um, when ordering.
1: The only problem with with big companies that our kids love to to order from are not exactly looking after our our young people.
0: No, not yeah, at all.
1: We're not mentioning main names, so we're no. not doing <laughs> we're not doing anyone uh, any any harm. Or and also we won't be sued. Hopefully, <laughs> all right. So. When, when we're talking about treatment for, for, for somebody who is diabetic, what are the things that one should look out for, especially in the younger people? The older folk, I think they have some idea of what to look out for, but the younger people, because in their mind, it's an old person's disease. Yes. Yes?
0: Yes. Look, the important thing to realize is that there are some people mm-hmm. whose diabetes is only because of their lifestyle. Okay. So if they could change their lifestyle, hmm. their diabetes may fade away. All right. And by that, if they start exercising, okay. if they make the healthy choices and lose weight, it's possible that their diabetes goes.
1: Hmm. I think uh, talking about your diabetes going, people think that when you have diabetes, you can have it forever. But it can be reversed. Is that what you're saying?
0: So in some patients with type 2 diabetes, hmm. the only reason why they are diabetic okay. it's because of their weight and their lifestyle. Oh, right. There are t- some patients with type 2 diabetes who have a genetic issue and um, unfortunately they can't be cured. Hmm. So there are also thin patients with type 2 diabetes, but far and large the majority hmm. of patients with type 2 diabetes are overweight. Um, and if their diabetes can't uh, fade away from weight loss mm-hmm. at least the amount of medication that they need can be reduced uh, the amount of insulin yes. that they need can yes. be reduced yes. um, by, by weight loss so okay. weight loss is always a benefit
1: okay um, when, when the almighty gifted you the, to be that's how you became the head of the division of endocrinology yes Yes. How did that happen? To rewind
0: a little bit of To become a hedge. His, yeah, Well, that's a, a big thing, right? Yes, unfortunately, <laughs> one side uh, qualified as an endocrinologist. Okay. Um, there weren't any uh, posts available. Oh, no. Um, so I waited around and unfortunately for the future, it didn't look like anything was opening up pretty mm. soon. Yes. So I had to go and spend eight or nine years in the private sector. Then I was very lucky that a um, head of uh, endocrinology, Professor Levitt, managed to open up a consultant post. Wow! And so I applied for that post. (laughs) I applied for the post. There were a number of applicants, and I was luckily enough to be to get the post. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after a year or two in that post, uh, Professor Levitt retired.
1: Okay. Um, And
0: so then I applied. Um, for the head post, and I was yeah. lucky enough to be selected. Um, what does it mean head. to be
1: the head of the
0: of this division? Well, I don't really like to see it as a head, mm-hmm. um, because I think every division you need to work in as a as a team. Indeed, and certainly my colleagues in the division. Um, are included in all decision making and Mm. and we work as a team. Um, I think the head, essentially, Mm. when when it's the tough decisions that no one wants to make, then it falls on the head.
1: Ah, Um, okay, so you're the poor uh, guy.
0: Yes, (laughs) but essentially in endocrinology, um, we're working as a team, managing everything uh, together with my my colleagues.
1: What's your uh, day-to-day life like at at, at the hospital?
0: Endocrinology is essentially mostly an outpatient uh, driven service. Mm. So we have um, a lot of clinics. Mm. We're involved in about 10 to 11 clinics. Ah, Um, So most of the time uh, we're seeing patients, Mm. um, managing patients. Mm -mm. Um, We also, because we're linked to the University of Cape Town, we're also an academic uh, department. So we're involved in research um, and then teaching of um, all levels um, mm. from uh, fourth year, sixth year medical students, registrars, okay. medical yeah. registrars, endocrinology registrars. Yeah. So, essentially, our days are full.
1: Hold on one sec. I want to come back to the clinics, the different kinds of clinics that you run.
0: From Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape, ninety-one point three FM.
1: From Cape Town is where we broadcasting to you on ninety-one point three FM stereo. Our dynamic personality from the heroes of Krugerskier is uh, Professor Joel Dave. Now he is the the big man. Uh, we're going to find out how the big man gets his money for the for what he, for these for rather for his big ideas. I think that's how we will term it, but he spoke about something very very important, and I love the fact that his his um as he says it 's not about me it 's not about me. We work as a team. Thank you so much for saying that i um, i don 't really like people with big egos, and <laughs> thank God you 're not one of them professor you you spoke about clinics earlier because you are the head at the division of endocrinology, so talk to us about the different clinics because there are few that you are involved in as well?
0: Yes, well endocrinology is quite a diverse discipline okay. um, with a lot of hormones and organs um, involved. All right. So we have a thyroid clinic, we have a couple of diabetes clinics, we have a general endocrine clinic, we have a new patient clinic, a pituitary clinic, a thyroid cancer clinic, a neuroendocrine tumor clinic, a gender reassignment clinic, um so there's a number of clinics um, that's a mouthful yeah that we're in that we're involved in because it's such a diverse discipline
1: ah that's a mouthful by that i mean that i thought that when you say endocrinology it's just diabetes yeah shows you how little i know
0: (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately diabetes dominates because of the huge numbers of um patients with diabetes
1: okay
0: but we we look after a huge number of other Non-diabetic patients um, Mm. in endocrinology Mm. as well.
1: Non-diabetic. That's that's a really nice way of telling the people that you okay, you don't have diabetes, so you're at this clinic. So in all, how many are we talking about? How many clinics? I
0: think we're involved in about ten or eleven clinics. Whoa! Different types of clinics. And
1: you're the head of all of them.
0: Well, we we have joint team clinics. Okay. So our pituitary clinic. Our neuroendocrine tumor clinic, okay. our thyroid cancer clinic and our gender reassignment clinic, we do it in conjunction with other disciplines, so it's a joint shared clinic. Ah, oh, um, I see. At we often do things in teams hmm. that um, give, give patients the best options, and oh, the best right. management and the best care.
1: So, being the head? Uh, it does. Oh, everything doesn't fall on your head no no basically. no Certain, certainly yeah. not and yeah. again
0: we all, it's its a team it's a team effort
1: mm. what's good about that having
0: a team like that to work, to work with well everyone has their own um, role and mm. everyone has their own part in look, helping looking after okay. a patient um, okay. patients have different needs mm. uh, it's not only catered for by a specific discipline um, and so to have a holistic all-round look at the patient, um, I think offers Mm. the patient the best care and the best um, possible um, outcome.
1: All right, sounds very interesting because we're not just looking at one, one facet of a person, you're looking at others as well.
0: Definitely, Um, Mm. especially with endocrinology and many of the uh, diseases we look look after, um, a team effort is um, paramount Hmm. to ensure an optimal outcome for the patient. All right.
1: So, there, there must be a lot of research,
0: an ongoing research being done. Definitely, that was one of the attractions um, of endocrinology. Hmm. Because it's for so you? diverse, yes, for yes. me. Yes. Uh, because it's so diverse, it's ever changing, <laughs> um, there's a large um, uh, amount of potential for research. The um, problem with all research is access to funding.
1: Yeah, that Fund- was weird. You just got my next question.
0: <laughs> funding is, yes. um, is uh, uh, very difficult. Right. Um, you know, there's local and international funding. It's Mm. extremely competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to come up with um, excellent uh, ideas, excellent projects in order to get any form of funding.
1: All right. The year is almost at an end. For this year that has passed, what have you come up with as far as funding is concerned, or to interest um,
0: funders, or donors, or sponsors? Well, at the moment I'm involved in just designing a couple of studies, Hmm. um, especially in diabetes, uh, where I think it might be very good for the population that we look after. Hmm. Often we're reading studies and we're applying um, knowledge that we gain from studies, but it wasn't garnered in our community, in our people.
1: Um, So we're adapting
0: it, but it may not be uh, pertinent to our scenario here. So it's very important that we start generating our own local data. Mm. Um, and myself and some of our colleagues are designing some of those studies to try and, to, to try and do that.
1: I was just going to ask you about um, patient care in rural areas. Uh, are there new research being done? Because their lifestyle and ours in the, in the c- cities
0: and suburbs, are, that's very different. Definitely. Um, and certainly city life exposes yes. you to a completely different set of risk factors and diseases mm. that a rural life would. Mm. Um, and there are there are a number of rural versus urban um, studies being done okay. at the moment unfortunately we 're not involved in any of any of that, but hopefully in the future we we All might right.
1: be. so you 're hoping to get into that as well
0: as well yeah. do
1: you have a patient that comes from the the rural areas to
0: to your division yeah well we 're a, a tertiary center yes. where we drain um, most of the complicated endocrine problems. I so see. anything that can't be managed at primary or secondary healthcare mm-hmm. level, mm-hmm. Um, in certain areas, um, will come to us. Mm-hmm. So we certainly do have people coming from up country, um, from rural areas, um, to access um, health in in, in mm. healthcare in one of our clinics.
1: All right, I'm just thinking about how, how different the um, the lifestyle, as you as you mentioned earlier, is in in the rural areas and um in different provinces because people eat differently obviously and they 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 Outlook on life is also very different from from let's say suburbs and and
0: and city centres. You know, definitely. And unfortunately, they also have differential access to healthcare. Mm. Uh, we're very lucky here in the Western Cape yes. um, that our um, politicians, our administrators have got a system going Indeed. that actually works. Yes,
1: yeah, it works for some.
0: <laughs> for <laughs> many, some.
1: yeah, all right. (laughs) For many. All right, Professor. I'll give you that for many.
0: Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM.
1: Oh, and Welcome, if you have just joined us, oh no, you've missed everything, <laughs> but you can get a copy of the show, it's called uh, Dynamic Personalities on Hashtag Let's Talk, I'm your host Sulela, and uh, my guest in studio today was uh, Professor Joel Dave and he's the big man. At the Division of Endocrinology We're talking about something very important In, in not just in South Africa But um, everywhere in the world Diabetes has sprung up everywhere And the problem mm-hmm. is that Our patients are getting younger and younger But let me tell you this The gentleman sitting across from me is our dynamic personality. For I'm so pleased to have him here. He's one of the heroes at Hrutescare Hospital. You know that place where you go to when you're not feeling too good? He's the guy that you should see. Um, But he also said, I'm part of a team. So I'm very happy that he said that, by the way. So funding is a big thing. We mentioned before that in order for for us as the patients to get the best treatment we need the best funding i'm hoping somebody is listening in and say okay i've got a couple of million to give you guys <laughs> or,
0: or something that that should be great indeed look the funding there's there's two parts to the funding the one is funding for research um, and then the other is funding um, in order to deliver optimal care to patients. Alright. Um, so there two different kinds of yes. funding that we're looking at. The that funding that, uh, to deliver optimal care to patients obviously comes from um, our government, our local government, mm. um, to our hospital and then decide, they decide on how that money should be spent.
1: Alright. Can um, I just ask quickly on that? Um, are they good at funding? Our, our local the, government. Oh, uh, okay, don't, obvi- don't say obvi-
0: And <laughs> obvi- Obviously, we, we, we always want more. What mm. we are lucky, yes. um, in, and especially in the Western Cape, is that um, our hospitals, yes. both, and our um, community healthcare centres, mm. are extremely functional. Alright. So, the money that they do have, and mm. that they are getting, they're putting to very good use. Do I want more money? Definitely. (laughs) Do I want more endocrinologists in my division? Definitely.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, And I think we always have to fight for it, but we also have to realize that um, the pot is so big Hmm. and it has to be spread uh, very wide.
1: Yeah. the, the one thing that I, that I like that you said, do you, do you want more, 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 not just money, we're talking about having more people, because more means um, better treatment for us as patients.
0: Definitely, yes? we can expand our clinics, And uh, uh, we can expand the service service mm. that we, we, we give to the community. Okay.
1: So your message to, as our big guy today, our dynamic personality, your message to our listeners, what... Would you like to tell them?
0: So, to specifically those that are living with diabetes, mm. um, healthy lifestyles are essential. Okay. Um, there's obviously great debate to exactly what a healthy lifestyle is. Mm. But essentially, if one can do some form of activity mm. daily, If one can limit the amount of sugar we take in and the amount of carbohydrates we take in, um, that would go a long way to restoring some degree of good health. And then for patients to empower themselves. Um, to be able to look after themselves. Unfortunately, most patients, whether they're accessing public or private healthcare, mm. only have access to their doctor two, three, four times a year. Okay. Um, so the majority of the time, they're with their own family, their mm. own carers, and with themselves. So it's very important uh, that they empower themselves with the mm. knowledge mm. Uh, to be able to take care of themselves.
1: Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, if you don't care, take care of yourself. Uh, nobody else is gonna do it for you. You might have somebody who cares for you, will give you your medicine, give you uh, your meals. If we're talking about taking care of yourself. If you, if there's something that you're not comfortable uh, about, speak to somebody. Ask, you know, ask questions, and
0: especially when you're with your doctor. Definitely, and we All encourage right. patients to write down things they want to ask the doctor yeah. because uh, whenever Excellent. you at the doctor, mm. the time flies very quickly, and you forget to ask the things you have been waiting three, four, six months uh, to ask the doctor. Indeed. Professor Joel, Dave, we have been
1: very, very fortunate to have you here with us today. I thank you so much for taking the time to be here and also for, for everything that you do, not just being here today, but what you do at the hospital as well. Thank you. And thank you very
0: much for having me.
1: It has been our pleasure Our dynamic personality for today Has been uh, Professor Joel Dave He's the head of the division of Endocrinology i been your host Suleyla bintamin Ismail Until I speak to you at the next time I leave you in the protection Of the Almighty wa rahmatullahi wa A very good afternoon to you